Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tracy and I, certainly proud parents, uh, as we've seen our son Aaron uh, grow as a child of God and now into a man for God. I'd like to start by sharing a little bit about Aaron, just kind of who he is. Uh, Aaron, as a child, was homeschooled at a Christian home. Uh, he's always made us laugh, his sense of humor. Uh, he loves acting, uh, music, playing piano, uh, guitar, and, and singing. Uh, he's described as an old soul. Uh, he loves antiques, old cars. His truck is an antique that he drives. Uh, old classic music on a record player. Uh, the Andy Griffith Show. I think that's still his favorite television show. Um, if Mayberry was actually a town, I'm sure that's where Aaron would want to live. He enjoys history, reading history books. Uh, how many 20-year-olds are reading The Fall of Rome for fun? Uh, well, that's Aaron. I'd also like to share some of Aaron's faith journey and uh, his life experiences. We've seen Aaron grow in his faith, uh, witness his compassion uh, and devotion to his faith. Uh, over time, he's led prayer vigils at his high school, attended mission trips to serve others. Uh, he's followed in his older brother's footsteps in organizing uh, youth day of service and worship. Uh, in city parks in Cedar Rapids. Uh, he's taught a faith-based history class. Aaron loves his daily devotion. He's actually got it, me started on one, uh, the 10-minute Bible hour, which I, I do every day. Uh, Bible studies, Christian podcasts, uh, and books. Although if you go into Aaron's office, probably not going to see a whole lot of books. His generation, all of his books are downloaded on his phone. Uh, he's attending a, a Christian university in uh, Liberty University. Uh, Aaron, your compassion for others, your servant heart, uh, your devotion to faith, all qualities that will serve you well in your call to ministry. I'd like to read 1 Timothy 4, 12, 13. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Aaron, even though you are young, it's not your age, your experience uh, that you will rely on. But the Holy Spirit that stirs in you, that will guide you in your ministry. Aaron, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Uh, Aaron and Lauren recently got married. Uh, they got married in April. Uh, Trace and I both thought the best part of their wedding ceremony was their vows. Uh, their vows were very faith-based, which as parents uh, we were very pleased with. Uh, they wrote each other vows, but they also wrote separately vows to God. Uh, they created a marriage covenant that included God. Uh, I'd like to share parts of Aaron's wedding vows and uh, the vows to Lauren and vows to God. 
Uh, so first, his vows to Lord. We built our relationship on the rock of God. After all, our first date was to church. Our relationship has blossomed not because of something we did, but because of what Christ has done for us. Our God has been with us and will continue to be for all time. Christ is the center of our union. In a storm, when we are sinking, he holds us up out of the water. When we take our eyes off Jesus, we start to sink. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, nothing can separate us from his love. With Jesus, we can conquer any circumstance. Even when we are sinking in our lowest moments, he still loves us, and our love is strong. Aaron's vows to God. I vow to put the kingdom of God first. I vow to protect Lauren. I vow to provide for Lauren. I vow to put Lauren's needs above my own. I vow to lead our family in wisdom, to walk in wisdom. I vow to seek his will in all that we do, to trust in him. I will not lean upon my own understanding. I vow to raise a Christian household. I vow to forgive Lauren. I will love her as Christ loves me. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Aaron and Lauren, I share your vows as a reminder and encouragement to you both as your wedding covenant and vow of putting God first will serve you both well, uh, not only in marriage, but in life and your call to ministry, putting God first in all that you do. I'd like to end with a, a prayer for Aaron and Lauren uh, from 2 Thessalonians 1, 11, and 12. We constantly pray for Aaron and Lauren that our God may make you worthy of his calling, your calling to ministry, and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness, your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him. According to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Brian. It's perfect. It's excellent. I uh, want to take a few minutes, and I simply want to state some facts. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we see, you've heard me mention before, church family, we see uh, indicative statements or truth statements. The Apostle Paul uses a lot of truth statements. This is who you are in Christ. This is what's true about your soul. And then he goes on to talk about some commands or exhortations, encouragements toward a particular direction. And so I'm just going to state some facts. And then uh, in a minute, uh, Jim Sewald is going to come up and, uh, and give a, a charge, a call, uh, some commands of the Lord to Aaron, encouragements uh, to Aaron. I told a, a story to Aaron this week uh, about when I was around his age and started serving in ministry. Uh, I was a lay leader at our church and I was filling in for our worship leader. And I always kind of try to do things a little differently. It's, time served me well and serve the body of Christ well, and at times uh, it has not served everyone so well, all involved parties. And so this time, this is a church uh, back in the early 90s that had this uh, a greeting time. Uh, as, as you may remember, our Oak Grove at one point had a time where we'd stop in the middle of the service and invite people to greet one another and that sort of a thing. Uh, and, uh, and so during this greeting time, 
I know that sometimes those who are visiting can kind of get missed or a quick hello, but then maybe not talk to a lot well after service or something like that. All unintentional to be sure. But uh, it was my aim to encourage the church body to greet those who were unfamiliar faces. That's the verbiage in my mind and in my heart, the motto of my heart. And so I said, our typical phrase is something like, as the instrumentists play, take a moment and greet one another. And so what I intended to say was, as the instrumentalists play, take a moment and shake the hand of an unfamiliar face, right? I was like, that'll be great. That'll be wonderful. What I said was, as the instruments play, take a moment and shake the face of an unfriendly person. It's true. Like, you can't make this stuff up. I didn't even know it. That's the worst part. I turned and our piano player, who was phenomenal, could carry on a conversation and serve tea while she's playing the piano. And she's just dying. It's all over her face. I'm like, what? What's going cool? What? Why are you? What did I do? Did you hear what you said? I said, no. She told me. I was like, no, I did it. She goes, look. And I look out there and all my wise guy college buddies and a few wise guys in the church family are walking around going like this. <laughs> hey, unfriendly face. And they're doing like this with each other. Oh, Aaron, you're going to have blunders. You're going to have blunders. I have had uh, far more than that, just that one. Uh, and most of those blunders in our ministry involve people. Um, sometimes it's just you and nobody knows. Sometimes it's going to involve other people. And the Lord continually gives us time to lay aside uh, our pride, to lay aside our sense of of self-worth and sense of God needs me to do this. Times like that where I go, he clearly does not need me to accomplish anything in his kingdom. Uh, and so I want to really bring four points to you briefly this morning. Uh, and I've just kind of organized them like coming from uh, 2 Corinthians 7 uh, or 4, uh, really 1 through 12 or 7 through 12. But in you, to you, through you, and for you. In you, to you, through you, and for you. In you. Aaron is a wholehearted follower of Christ. You have the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus in you. Not just the message, but the person as one having the ministry of the gospel. In leading the church family in worship, but in also communicating the gospel of Jesus to people who come into our midst. We proclaim not ourselves, Aaron and Lauren and Oak Grove Church family, but we proclaim Christ as Lord. Second Corinthians 4, 6 reminds us, this same God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Aaron, because of what God has and is doing in you, this leads us to a spirit of deep thankfulness, gratitude, which is really what Paul's getting at in the beginning of this chapter. Deep gratitude for the mercy of God to allow us, Aaron and Lauren and church family, to serve him. A spirit of deep thankfulness and dependence on the Lord. That is our foundation. To you, as you serve the Lord, affliction, trials, testings will come to you. 
It'll seem like a normal day. It'll seem like a normal situation. It'll seem like uh, after a great rehearsal or after a wonderful service, and all of a sudden you'll be struck with some kind of affliction. It's not always affliction from the enemy meant to steal your soul, although that is a goal of the enemy in Satan. But it is often the grace of God brought to our lives to continue to shape us, to mold us into conformity to Christ. Affliction will come to you. You can't avoid it. It will surely not come when you're strong and when you're ready for it and when you've got your game face on. Even when you're armed for the battle, affliction at times reveals the raw and unhappy reality of your own frailty. Your own, my own, our own church family, inadequacy to do anything unless we're empowered in every moment, not just in a blanket sense, but by the very grace of God to empower everything we strive to do. Paul said, he continues in 2 Corinthians 4, but we have this treasure, this gospel, this ministry in jars of clay, clay pots, earthen vessels to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Affliction, brother, will come to you because when we crack and pay pay attention to this, everyone, when we crack in the circumstances of life, Through those cracks, the light of the grace of Jesus shines. In a clay pot that's perfectly intact with a glorious light inside, nothing shines through. But when it is cracked, the light of the gospel of Jesus shines through. So that all who see know there's something else going on inside of that individual. And through you, Because not only do you have the message of the gospel, as I mentioned, you've got the spirit of God himself who works through you, through our weaknesses, your cracks, your pain. He continues always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that, purpose statement, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. So as we give ourselves over and we serve with our whole hearts and we we sin or we make mistakes or people wound us in all of these things, God, through his spirit, works through you and for you, Aaron, and for you, Lauren, and for you, Oak Grove Church family. For you, this will be for you because, as he continues, we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, sacrificing for Christ, one another, and the lost, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So while death is at work in us, life is at work in you. As we give ourselves over to death or pain or affliction or testing or trials, Christ through his spirit is at work in us and through us as his children. Now you might think, wait a minute, why is this for Aaron? I thought this was for the Lord. And it is. It is most certainly for the Lord. But as we brothers and sisters in Christ, as we pour out our lives for Christ over and over again. It's for us because we continue to grow in conformity to Christ 
And the more we grow in conformity with Christ, the more we experience our union with Christ and our communion with him, even in suffering, the more we realize how much it actually is for the Lord, but very much for our own joy. Our own joy to fellowship with him in some way, though we know not similar exactly to Christ's, but to share with him in his afflictions. Which is why the Lord and why Paul says, count it all joy when you endure trials and afflictions. So it is for you. You continue to grow to be more like him. And as you do, your joy will surge. will be more and more. You'll be in, at times, dark, difficult seasons. And yet, with a radiance in your heart that extends to your countenance to give people the opportunity to hear you say something like, not I, but Christ in me. Father, we pray this for Aaron. We thank you for these wonderful truths of Scripture that we have. They are our plumb line. They keep us focused. They help us learn that there's nothing that happens in this world that is without purpose. And you direct everything for your glory and for the good of your children who love you, been called according to your purpose. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Aaron, Lauren, as a young couple entering this new phase of life, you're going to face many challenges. But the good news is you don't have to do it alone. You have your direct family, you have your relatives and friends, and of course, you've got your church family, the body of Christ. So continue on your faith journey together as a couple and as individuals, as you seek God's will for your lives. Um, I've known both of you for many years through our church's youth ministry. And uh, Aaron, I've had the privilege over those years of watching and participating in your faith development. And I see this call is the next step in your way to glorify God. So as I was thinking about this message, praying about it, and what I wanted to share, I was reminded of a young pastor that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to when he was in prison. This young man's name was Timothy. Now, God had called Timothy through Paul uh, to lead the church at Ephesus. And uh, Paul wrote to him to exhort him and to encourage him and to remind him of his calling. 
So for my biblical text, I've chosen 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And I read, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, or Aaron, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, or in this case, Tracy. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Okay, so I'd like to kind of focus on verse 7 for a minute. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So power, now that could mean a lot of things. But I believe Paul is talking about boldness. So share the gospel boldly not fearfully. Be confident, but not overbearing. In other words, be careful with the Jesus hose. Uh, too much information is over, can be overwhelming. Uh, that's where love comes in. So when you share boldly, do it with care and kindness and gentleness. I've seen these gifts in you, Aaron. So I have no doubt that God has prepared you for this call. Then there's self-discipline. What's Paul talking about there? I believe what he's saying is stay focused on your calling. The world has many distractions and it can be easy to get sidetracked. Um, as an example, a biblical example, Chapter 14 of Matthew teaches us about um, the Apostle Peter. He was in a boat with all the rest of the disciples. And the wind and the waves were beating against the boat. And here comes Jesus walking across the water towards them. And Peter looks out and he says, Jesus, can I come out to you? And Jesus says, come. So Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking towards Jesus on the water. And he's doing great as long as he's keeping his eyes on Jesus. But then he looks down and the wind and the waves and the distractions of the world get to him and he starts to sink. And he cries out, 
help. And of course, Jesus comes right over and rescues him. So Aaron, keep your eyes on Jesus. The distractions are going to come. But if you refocus on Jesus with the help of self-discipline, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, you'll be fine. Next, I'd like to um, look at verse 9. I'll read that again. Who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Aaron, this is a calling to a holy life. Your call is to your wife, Lauren, to leading worship, to sharing the gospel, and to point others to Jesus using the gifts that God has given you. There is no higher calling than to lead somebody to Jesus. And since this is a call from God for his purpose and his grace and his glory, he'll be with you along the way. Will there be suffering involved with this call? Probably. So lean on the Holy Spirit to help you at those times. Keep seeking Jesus daily. Worship him. Read his word. Seek wise counsel from your family and your friends and your pastor and the elders. But most of all, Communicate with God often through prayer. Remember um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Now, that's a challenge for all of us. And speaking of the rest of us, our role is to encourage and support Aaron and Lauren. Love on them like you've already been doing. And like Jesus loves on us. Remember the grace that we've been given and be generous with the grace that you give to them. As for me, I hope to keep meeting with you, Aaron, over coffee or lunch occasionally where we'll converse about yeah, what's going on in general in your life and maybe also to find out how God's working in your life. So I'd like to um, close out with a benediction. It's one of my wife's favorites. And I think Aaron's probably heard this one before. So Lauren and Aaron and the congregation, now may the Holy Spirit zap you until you tingle with joy. And they all said, Amen. I meant to say this before I invited uh, Jim to come up, but Jim and um, Judy have been involved in mentoring teenagers, uh, Jim specifically with Aaron, since Aaron was in middle school uh, and up through high school. And, and when Aaron was in South Carolina in the last, Aaron and Lauren in South Carolina in the last year, they 
stayed in touch even in that time too. So praise God for both of you and your faithful ministry to uh, the next generation of our church family. And you're seeing uh, the fruition of the Lord's faithfulness, but of your partnership in the gospel in that way. So thank you.